Welcome to the second episode of Clockwork Chronicles. My name is Yomi Ayeni, and I'm here to offer an insider's guide to Clockwork Watch, an interactive and participatory story that I created. The narrative of Clockwork Watch is told through comic books, immersive theatre, role play, and a few other mediums that we'll get round to. This podcast is to explain the history of Clockwork Watch, but also offer an insight into how it came about, as well as chat with some of the co-conspirators and the contributors, but also to encourage anyone interested in being part of the story to jump in and help to co-create the universe. Clockwork Watch is an ongoing project that has been, in one form or another, available to the public since 2012. Now, rolling back to the start of this whole adventure of mine, it was the autumn of 2007, and a group of us were about to host our first Seductive Alchemy. Now, Seductive Alchemy was the event that led to the creation of Clockwork Watch. Now, I was in between jobs at that point and just finished producing my first feature, Uh, a film called Breathe, which was an interactive story that was self-funded. And uh, I was in job work limbo, totally unsure of what to do next. So along came Seductive Alchemy, and we had a crack team of creatives helping to put together some of the elements of the part. We wanted it to be something totally and utterly unique, very different, and no one quite understood what steampunk was at that point. I think that's probably a global thing. It was still bubbling under. Even though there were elements of steampunk um, that had been in existence in books and in some cases film um, going back 30, 40, 50 years, no one had quite pulled it together as a genre. It wasn't well known. So I put together a team. I guess we put it together, not just me, uh, a team of creatives that included um, Helena Blackwood and Seb Harrington, who fronted a, a, an amazing collective called Art House Party. We had El Mica Miguel, or otherwise known as Don King Santa of SantaCon, a bunch of merry pranksters, that uh, connect me with Burning Man and um, a lot of other countercultural things that happen here in London. We also had... Firecat Masquerade, that's Dom from Firecat Masquerade, an outfit out of Brighton, I believe, at that point, who were one of the formative sort of groups pushing the whole concept and the whole genre of steampunk way back before 2007. Uh, But we also had Monorex, who were a graffiti team. They were doing a lot of corporate work, but still very, very grassroots. We had a bunch of merry pranksters called the Prada-Meinhof Gang, who came in in this amazing outfits and just blew everybody away with their their rather strange, immersive, participatory sort of performances. Also jumped into bed with Illustrated Ape, who introduced us to quite a lot of the London Underground at that point, um, and a few other countercultural groups. But this was our first gig, and we needed something special that would pre-prepare members of the public, and more or less soften them up for the world, the weird, amazing world that we were creating. So we decided 
to start the experience, the party experience, at least two to three months before the actual gig. We didn't do it in flyer form, as in standing outside clubs and nightclubs and places and handing flyers to people. Uh, neither did we go for the traditional advert. Now, this collective that we'd put together had their own respective mailing gri- mailing lists and subgroups and you know, we had Tribe and we had uh, MySpace at that point. And those were the mediums that we used to seed what we were trying to do. So, with clockwork and this formative thing that was going on with Seductive Alchemy, I kind of wondered, well, how best can we entice people to step into this world? And we decided to start the experience online in the form of correspondence between two young ladies, one based in the countryside while the other was based in London. The person in the countryside was so eager to get to London, bright lights, big city, and to see all the amazing stuff that was happening here, whereas the person in London was done, totally and utterly jaded, needed to escape town, run around in fields, big skies, enjoy the fresh air, get away from the smog. So we were able to use a correspondence between these two people to seed the actual narrative of the party that we were putting together. Now, these were done in blog form, and they were available for everybody or anyone to to read, and we hoped everyone did, ahead of, in some cases, buying the ticket. But then it also acted as a calling card. You read what was going on, you buy the ticket, you want to come to this gig. Now, we also knew that people would have a lot of expectations, hoping that this correspondence or the ladies involved in this chat would manifest or materialise at the party. So we had to find a way of bringing that narrative in. And one way that we kind of decided we were going to do this was by hiring um, a team called The People Speak. Now, The People Speak is a pop-up talk show that consists of an illuminated round table with a host sitting in the middle on a swivel chair. Now, participants who wanted to engage in this conversation would sit around the outside of the table and each person is passed a microphone whenever they wanted to say something. And this was where we had the debates. Now, to set the scene, we were in this cavernous sort of underground, almost underground archway sort of thing. Um, And we put, we had one area where we had clotheslines going across the top that we hung antiquated but clean um, underwear and garments to make it seem like it was out in the street. And we had um, the, this, the people speak module sat underneath that, more or less encouraging people to just step in, step on in, sit down and talk. And this is where the debate kicked off. Now, I can't remember too much because as one of the organisers, I was running around um, focusing on various bits. But while doing this podcast, I promised I would start bringing in some of the co-conspirators. And one of them, as I mentioned, is Don King Santa. I promised I was going to give him a call, and I'm going to try to do this as live as I possibly can. So here goes, and let's hope this actually works. Let's see whether we can get him on the telephone. So this is Don King Santa, who has been working with me on various projects. Hey, Santa, how you doing? 
Welcome to Clockwork Chronicles, my new podcast. This is um, episode two. And um, as I was saying to to people listening, you were one of the first co-conspirators to do with uh, seductive alchemy way back in 2007. And at that point, I think we'd known each other about three years. Two at least. Yeah, let's say three. Come on, let's be generous. Yeah, yeah. About, about three yeah. years. So, yes. so we had this thing. We didn't know. I mean, at that point, were you aware what steampunk was? Yes, but just briefly, just briefly, because you explained it to me. Because but I, yeah, but it was totally new to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. I mean, it was quite new to a, to a lot of us, in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, so we hosted the party down um, uh, at Unit Seven. Which yes. is in, off Cable Street. In Cable Street Studios. It was in Cable Street Studios, right in the back. Right in Nowadays, the back. Nowadays, I think it's a yoga studio or so. I can't remember. But yeah, it was a, a techno club, but really underground. So I read up a little bit, and uh, people say it was so difficult to find. If you want to go there, you better go during the day and see where it is, because uh, there's uh, proper security and so on. Um, it's a. Uh, I don't have a co-working space. People live there, yeah. artistic people, and so on. Yeah. And yeah, you have to find a place. It is, it's, as I always say, a place like this. You wanna have a party in a place like this because only committed people go there. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we, we. I mean, and were you aware of the history of Cable Street? That in 1936 <laughs> there was a a, a man called um, Oswald Mosley um, and mm-hmm. his um, fascists. Um, group called the Black Shirts, and that's where they they were prevented from marching through the East End, and that was where people, the public, took the stand and stopped them, basically. So it had a history of of countercultural, sort of anti-fascist, sort of, um, I don't know, sentiment, I guess, to a certain degree. Yeah. And yeah. and it was it was it was. I mean, I wasn't there. Slime light there. There was a a drag bar. Upstairs, the venue was. There was later on. No, there, there was. Uh, there was Chamboree. Yes, so yes, yes. They, they're moving around because, unfortunately, sometimes the venues they 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 change their uh, ownership and so on. Um, but yeah, there was uh, it was an Austrian girl who ran it. It was a small place, yeah. but uh, yeah, we were more in the back uh, it seven. And and one of the things I I remember is is trying to get the decor together and the, what what the look <laughs> of the venue was going to be. I remember we bought these al- these um, aluminium pipes that we yeah. connected yeah. to a smoke machine and it pumped smoke out as if it was coming out of an industrial complex. As always, uh, on a shoestring budget. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> always on a shoestring budget. <laughs> but but um, I mean, we spent a lot of money on cake. Yeah. On cake, I can't remember that. Really. Do you remember? Oh, you couldn't remember. Well, halfway through the gig, at about three o'clock, we yeah. brought out a whole load of cream cake that we'd bought in central London, and we started <laughs> handing people out, sort of handing people cake. But also. We gave we had a free absinthe sort of setup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which was very, very interesting. People didn't quite 
understand why. Why were you giving us free absinthe? And I said, well, this party is a non-profit concept. We yeah. hosted the, yeah, we yeah. hosted the party to make sure that all the money went to make sure that people had a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I sent some pictures of some things and incredible yeah people came in costumes and there were fire spinners in the courtyard <laughs> yes. uh, we, had, uh, we had the space eye checkers there uh sub battalion yeah yes marching yeah. through uh, yeah. I, I, they had friends over that thomas was over there from from munich yes and so we had really people from coming from all over the place i mean yeah, we had the people speak uh people speak they're still around they hosted a, a show about um, medieval times and so on. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, the, the collective, when you look at the people who yeah. came together to do this, you had yeah. you had um, people from the Space Hijackers, you had Art House Party, you had a bunch of burners, uh, burning yeah. on folk who came on under the House of Wheat. Um, you had yeah. Shane Watcher, who, who had zombie sound system. He was involved. Um, yeah. You had yeah. the Unit 7, Cristiano... Pixel Dot yeah. was one of the DJs there. John Marilla. Yeah, he's yeah. still around. Yeah, he's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, and then, yeah. then we had Newspeak people. So, I mean, we, that, those were, the, those were the, the, the mediums that we used to, yep. to, to advertise and to market this. So it didn't get to, I don't think we got a mention in any of the press. We more or less seeded this through our respective networks. Exactly, exactly. It was really undergroundish. It was really, people had to know about it. But that also attracts the right people. Yeah? These are the guys you want to have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I what, what has come out of all this clock, which is incredible. Yes. The people we met and so on, and the, the bigger events, uh, well, mainly you have thrown, but you're always involved for you, which is nice. Yeah, it's incredible. The people we met mm, mm, has okay. really grown. I mean, you've yeah. you've been to quite a few of the the clockwork yeah. events, and I yeah. wouldn't say you've been to them. I mean, you've been involved in helping yeah. put a lot of yeah. these things together over the past eleven years. And how how has it changed? Um, more professional, for sure. You get because when we started, people see what's possible, and then people want to get involved. Indeed. Well, Indeed. Last time at the Cornish Library, I was really impressed <laughs> when I walked in. I was busy with other things, so I could not help you that much. But uh, when I walked in, I, of course, you pumped the usual suspects, yeah, Henry, and so on, and some other older friends. But uh, having then professional actors and singers, stalls, it's, it, it, it makes me happy that it all worked out like this. Okay. Makes also a little bit proud that I can be involved in this. Yeah, really, really, it's great. No, no it it has it has been a um, a grand um, adventure to yep. to 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 actually do, and you know, trying to trying to move the story from well, what initially started out, I guess, was which which was which was a film that I had kind of written a yep. treatment for to move that into a graphic novel, and then to take that graphic novel element and put that outside in the world for people to talk and touch and, and engage with. That in itself was quite a, quite a task. The engagement. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking out for events like this, and there are not that many around. Yeah, yeah of course, you have the big guys, yeah, let's say Punch Trunk and so on. But that's a different level. 
Um, but there are not that many that are rather immersive events, but not a long-standing one as this. Well, I mean, the, I, the, 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 what I what I what I I decided I wasn't going to do is keep regurgitating the same story. I yeah. I, I knew it was going to take quite a while to 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 write clockwork as as it is, uh, and I I then thought, okay. I don't want to be the sort of person. This doesn't want to be one of those regurgitating shows. Um, no disrespect to 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 the the people who put on um, other immersive things like like Punch Drunk, because they are iterative. They they do the same show, and on each event, um, you have about three passes of a particular scene, and then you follow mm-hmm. the characters around. Well, with clock yeah. with Clockwork, what I wanted to do was create something that only the people at that point, at, the, at that very precise moment, experience yeah. something. And then we hope they would take their knowledge and their experience and share that with people who couldn't be there. Yeah. So they become the storytellers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we've not, and we've, not, we've, not, we've not documented any of the story to date. Uh, we didn't. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. But sometimes I, I tell when, when I meet someone new and so on, and people ask me what are you doing, I say, okay, I work in technology and finance. But <laughs> and then I can tell them the stories also about Clockwork Watch and so on. Yeah. It is really nice. It yeah. is. It is. It's a bit unusual. Yeah. It is very, very unusual, and uh, and I guess the 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 to round round this off nicely is um, the latest show in itself was was a testament to the fact that the narrative has moved but also yeah. also as we're gradually coming to what may be the end because we've got another two or three books to do um what what people don't realize is clockwork watch the book or the books rather the immersive theater the role play all of these things that we're doing in the wider world are the precursor to the original script, film script that I wrote about twelve ah, years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we will see a movie at one point. All the producers are out there, uh, well, out there. Well, one, Listen. one, one, one hopes. One hopes because yeah. you know we, people have engaged with the story. Yes, yes, yes ahead yes, of yes. time, people have written their own stories alongside the story. People have created their characters alongside the story. You know, so yeah. one hopes further on down the line, that we say, well, if there's going to be a film, people have actually been involved in the film, to a certain yep. degree, in the development of the, of the narrative. But also, as a, as a bit of a trick sort of um, strategy, if at any point I believe I needed to reach out to, within the community and get two, three hundred people dressed up as steampunk or steampunks, who will all come in their own unique style, their own unique yeah. dress, their own unique sense of yeah. everything. Yeah. To get yeah. two, three hundred yeah. on the street for a scene is not going to be too much of a problem, because I agree. I agree. I agree. We we have um, um, how do you call it? We have access to these people now because uh, they got so involved yeah. over time. People like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of goodwill. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and just another little thing that I that I haven't mentioned in 
in um, in clockwork, but um, we will get round to later on. Is the a lot of people don't quite know that there's a charitable aspect to Clockwork Watch, because we have been selling these badges. Um, I say we because I'm collaborated with uh, an artist called Dr. Jeff, and for the past three years, three or four years. We've been selling these badges. These badges say, I love steampunk, but I hate colonialism. <laughs> yep. Um, and okay. it's, got, it's got the black power fist with a cog behind it. Now, uh-huh. what's unique about these, are we're just showing people, you know, that steampunk could be any race, any, ge- yes. yeah, any race, any gender, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. But also, looking at the colonial aspect of, of steampunk and trying to separate and distance ourselves from it, so those badges, every single one of those badges is going to fund and save a young underaged girl from marriage or FGM in Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've been doing that. So, so alongside the creative stuff that we're doing, we are also supporting young girls in Kenya, educate, giving them the protection, the clothes, yep. as well as... A school, a place in a school, so they can get educated. So it's it's well, it's on one hand, it's the fun and the frolics of, you know, dressing up and and you know creating a character and being part of this amazing show. And for me, it's about writing it and and hoping people understand the story. Behind the scenes, there's also something charitable that is doing yeah. some good yeah. in the world. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. and yeah. it's more important than ever. Absolutely, it's it, is. Yeah. it is. It is. So, um, just to kind of check in with you, um, mm-hmm. when was the last Clockwork Watch book you read? Oh, I don't know. I have some of them. I don't have all of them. That I come over to your place and get some. Oh, yeah, um, you know, it has been. I usually when I come to yours, so I visit um, in your living room with a lounge. So then, oh, as a book, and I look through it because. They're great. Oh, thank uh, it's you. Not, uh, not the traditional comic on so it's adult comic. The illustrations are amazing. Yeah, it's 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 an eye pleaser basically. It's fantastic work. Well, you know what we did with with the illustrations? I decided very early on that if mm-hmm. I wanted this this amazing aesthetic to 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 be true, you know, the story that I created, I wanted it to be true to the aesthetic that I had fallen in love with, and I decided yep. that we were going to go with people who draw by hand and paint yes, yeah, using yeah, yeah. watercolour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is quite yeah. different from, I mean, no disrespect to traditional, I mean, sort of people using a, a, a computer or a tablet yeah. or, or, or stuff, but I just wanted something a little bit different, something that did show the beauty of, of the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, the people also then... You will feel the effort has got into it. Absolutely, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Also, not with respect to for the digital artists, I I cannot paint anything. <laughs> right so that's also a skill. But um, yeah, doing them manually, really on paper and so on, it is incredible. It's incredible. Well, we've we've been able to put together um, ten so far. Uh, book mm-hmm. eleven is being currently being um, illustrated by yep. uh, by a dear friend 
um, a new artist. I'd will be. I mean, I'll be introducing her um, on in one of the next um, episodes of this podcast. But she's yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah, indeed. So, Good. Santa, thank you. Okay. You're more than welcome. It was nice to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah. yep, and, you know, I am so Good. grateful that you have been part of the Clockwork Watch universe and you have helped immensely. You, about time, maybe you wrote a, your own story within the Clockwork Watch world and let's see how far we can push that. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, let's there will see. be more episodes. There will be more. We will work on more other things as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's be a fantastic journey. Absolutely. San- fantastic. Yeah. Santa, thank you very yeah. much. You rock. Yeah. Have a good evening. Cheers. Bye. Takes a rock to the more rocker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 And that was um, Michael, uh, otherwise known as El Mika, otherwise known as Don King Santa, one of uh, my co-conspirators who has been involved in Clockwork Watch from. The original, almost the original concepting. Actually, yes, he was. So, um, that just about brings us to the tail end of uh, of um, this um, episode of Clockwork Chronicles, and um, the next stage in this narrative, as it's being told, is to look at how the story has moved on, or how it moved on from the original concept of an event into a film treatment which then moved on to the graphic novel part of the story. I think it had a lot to do with knowing people weren't going to fund what I was trying to do. But at the same time, that did not stop me pursuing the dream that I had. So in the next episode, I'll look for look look into into some of the background of clockwork and how we actually got the story from film all the way through to picking up an editor, picking up an illustrator, picking up our first award before the book was actually fully published. So thanks for listening to this episode of Clockwork Chronicles. I hope you subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Yomi Ayeni, and thank you once again. See you soon.